Welcome to the Brownstein Hyatt Farber Shrek podcast series. Taxpayers in Colorado got their property tax assessments on May 1st, most with huge spikes in their new valuations. Take a listen as Zach Siegel talks with Justin Cohen about how the process works, the difference between residential and commercial property taxes, and how taxpayers can appeal the skyrocketing values used to assess their property taxes. Hi, everyone. Uh, Welcome back to the Brownstein Hyatt Farber Shrek Real Estate slash City of Denver podcast. Um, I'm here today with another one of our fabulous colleagues, Justin Cohen, who's a litigator at our firm. Uh, And we're here to talk about tax assessments and property valuations. Uh, But before we dig in, Justin, this is your first time on the podcast. Blair and I have been joking that... um, we uh, need a good name for the podcast, and I'm flying solo today without Blair, so I'm certainly open to any uh, names that you have because, obviously, the Brownstein High Farber Shrek Real Estate Podcast is a bit of a mouthful. So if you think of anything while we're talking today, you can throw it out there and win a prize. So Appreciate it. Well, uh, I, I'm, not, uh, I'm not as clever as, as you guys. Thanks for, uh, thanks for having me on. Uh, happy to be here, and uh, you know, this is a, a nuanced area. Obviously, you know, every taxpayer in Colorado is, is dealing with assessment. Uh, that came out uh, on May first, so happy to happy to chat about. Yeah, let, let's just dive right in. You know, Justin, I was at home about two weeks ago, and I saw you know the mail was delivered, and I opened an envelope from the city of Denver, and it had my uh, uh, the assessed value of my property, and my eyes almost exploded out of my head because I was shocked to see how far uh, the valuation of my property had skyrocketed since the last uh, assessed valuation. Um, And I think that there are a lot of property owners in this city, residential and commercial, that are having the exact same experience right now. So I'm so glad that you're on the podcast today because you're going to talk to us a little bit about the background of what's going on with assessed valuations and why they are so high but also the process for contesting those, which as we dig into it can have, can, it means some real meaningful dollars in terms of the tax liability for the properties that our clients own. So thanks so much for coming on. I appreciate it. Yeah, you're right. I mean, there's um, everyone by May 1st of 2023 should have gotten uh, their valuations for their properties, commercial or residential, as you mentioned, our residential uh, home that my wife and I own uh, also went up uh, pretty significantly. And and we're looking at appealing that side of it. I I think that your anecdotal story that you told me is absolutely hilarious. Um, I I won't divulge any of the specific details like Justin's home address, but your assessed valuation was actually significantly more than what you paid for your home. And you closed on the home, what, like 30 days prior or something? We, We closed July 1st of 2022. The base period, which we can get into uh, here momentarily, which is important for the assessment value and for any appeal purposes, the the end of the base period is what they call it, was June 30, 2022. Of course, we were under contract prior to July 1, but uh, the valuation uh, that we got from the county was 25% higher than what we paid for and closed on the day after the, the base period. You know, you told me that story. It made me laugh, but um, it also made me think that we all should understand the process for appealing these valuations. Um, and the process on the residential side is relatively simple. You actually get a form in your envelope that has your assessed valuation that allows you to contest 
the valuation and you can provide whatever reasons you want to. You also have the option of going online and the city has a website that makes the process for appealing your valuation. I know this because I did it relatively straightforward and allows you to actually click through some comparable properties in your neighborhood to pick some other properties that you think are comparable for purposes of of your valuation. But it's more complicated for commercial property owners, right? It is. It is. The, the process for commercial property owners is, is largely driven around the revenue that is generated um, with the revenue that is stemming or generated from the real property. Historically, um, I and, and one of our other partners have done a lot of uh, tax property tax appeals for our hospitality clients, specifically hotels. Um, we, we can our, we also have the um, expertise to do multifamily uh, appeals as well. And, and you know, for the listeners out there, certainly feel free to reach out um, about that. But to your point, Zach, about kind of the, the process and how things have have gone up. Um, obviously, the, the Gallagher Amendment was was recently repealed. We're just fielding a lot of calls at this point. We're trying to dig in. Um, this is a process that is. Uh, generally driven uh, where we work in conjunction with real estate appraisers. Um, On these commercial properties, uh, you can, similar to the residential side, uh, appeal your initial notice evaluation through the county first. Sometimes you win, sometimes you lose, sometimes you can reach some sort of negotiated settlement. Um, We work with appraisers and tax agents uh, to negotiate with the county directly on those. If you're unsuccessful at the county level, you can appeal again, and you have two options. One is you can appeal to a district court in the county where where your property is located, and the district court is just like uh, any other court where you would file a lawsuit where the amount of controversy is over $25,000. Alternatively, you can op- appeal to the Board of Assessment Appeals, uh, which is an administrative agency. It's an administrative appeal process. The board members are all appraisers. Um, so there are some benefits to going that route because they understand the lingo. They understand how to read an appraisal. Um, it, it's a bit more efficient uh, than going through the district court process, but obviously each case is different and we can um, assess whether we think it makes sense to go the administrative route or the district court route. Depending on how that turns out at the Board of Assessment Appeals, also known as the BAA, or the district court level, you can continue to appeal just like any other case. Um, go to the Court of Appeals. If either side is unhappy with that result, uh, you can go up to the Colorado Supreme Court. Uh, in fact, um, our firm uh, represented uh, a large hospitality client recently in a, in a case that went all the way up to the Colorado Supreme Court. Uh, we won. It was, a, it was a big issue about what is taxable in terms of the real property versus revenue that's generated from contracts and, and, and uh, not the real property, which is, which is what is being taxed. But um, it's, a, it's, a, it's important, however, that um, after getting your valuation and determining whether you want to appeal, that you do it quickly. There are deadlines that are jurisdictional. You know, call us and yeah. we can help you through that process. Yeah, I mentioned at the top, Justin is a litigator. And for those of you that listen to the podcast uh, on a more significant basis, you know that Blair uh, and I are transactional attorneys. We are deal lawyers, 
But this is one of those areas where there are real deal implications, but it's the moment in time to bring in a litigator who understands both the administrative and the judicial process, because Justin, like you just said, this kind of evolves on dual tracks in terms of how you go up the chain appealing your valuation. But you bring in a litigator because a litigator understands, okay, we're dealing with experts like right away in this process, right? Appraisers need... We need to bring in appraisers like we'd bring in an expert in any other litigation to help us understand why the valuation that's provided by the municipality is wrong and why it should be lower for a variety of reasons. And that's the expertise that I think we have both on the transactional side, but also we under we have the expertise to take, you know, the process all the way up if need be. That's exactly right. I, you know, our, the appraisers we work with, large commercial appraisal companies, um, smaller ones as well, um, tax agents that, um, that, that our clients may work with directly, um, they will, uh, for example, if, if you're doing a, the income, you know, th- there are three different general approaches to um, valuing commercial property in Colorado. There's the cost approach, there's the sales comparison approach, and there's the income approach where you do a direct capitalization for the most part. And it's fascinating to think about those three approaches in the context of the market that we're in right now, right? Like on in my deal mind says, well, the sales approach may be less helpful if fewer deals are out there in the market trading. So then what's the next approach? And, you know, you mentioned the, the, the revenue generating approach, you know, in the back of my head, I wonder, huh, well, what's the revenue generating approach? What are the results the revenue generating approach will yield if we start to think about how retail tenants have suffered in the context of the pandemic? Like, are these things that you're thinking about right now? Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and we can talk more about the pandemic, obviously, the globe, you know, the entire globe has lived through that. Uh, you know, we're we're still kind of in it. The effects uh, effects are still being felt. But you're right. I mean, the the three different approaches um, are generally considered. Whether or not they're applied is usually up to the discretion or uh, kind of it's a, it's a subjective approach. And so, in certain situations, depending on you know the age of the property or uh, you know the condition of the property, you know you may or may not use the cost approach. And so, the appraisers will weigh those three approaches. And sometimes it comes down to a battle of uh, disagreement between our expert on the taxpayer side versus the expert uh, that, that the county assessor may be using or that the assessor is using. Uh, and then it's up to the, the trial court or the, B, the BAA uh, to resolve those um, differences in opinion. But these appraisers are, are obviously, um, you know, familiar with the market. They're familiar with kind of all the updated, uh, you know, literature. They obviously have access to, to sales data, uh, things like that. They're able to read the financials because uh, they need to get to the ultimate, you know, what's the NOI of the property so you can so you can capitalize it to get to a value. And you've got the appraiser looking at the hard and fast numbers, whether you're in the sales approach or the income generating approach, the, the appraiser is looking at the numbers. But I think the importance of a person like Justin in this process is someone needs to help you navigate what is going to make the most compelling argument to the administrative body or the court that you're in front of that's ultimately making the decision, right? Maybe the sales approach is better in the context of certain types of properties, but maybe it's not in the context of other types of properties. Obviously, the real estate market is incredibly nuanced without the overarching implications of the current market and things like coming out of the pandemic, but that yields your asset potentially having a different approach for its tax liability 
contest if you own an office property versus an industrial property and the where in the state that property is located. And I think that's why it's important for folks to know that a person like you is out there and ready to you know help them navigate the process. Absolutely. And, and relevant for this year certainly is COVID, right? Yeah. Because we're looking at the 2023 taxes. These are taxes that will apply for um, the 2020 calendar year 2023 and calendar year 2024 absent some change in circumstances uh, which which we have also dealt with normally the the value the actual value for 2023 uh, the actual value is what you ultimately pay um, your actual taxes on um, after a mill levy rate is applied the 2023 and 2024 should be the same but Importantly, when you're looking at the data to get to the actual value for 2023 and 2024, you're looking at the 18-month time period that ends June 30, 2022, um, and that begins January 1, 2021. January 1, 2021. Like It's hard now, I think, to remember what life was like back on January 1, 2021, but I think we all remember that is the middle of the pandemic, right? That is right in the middle of maybe like wave two of COVID that we were dealing with here in Colorado. And, you know, I certainly recall the types of agreements that I was working on at that moment in time. You know, I work on a lot of retail deals, a lot of forbearance of rent agreements that we were working on at that period in time. And if the look back goes all the way back in time to that date, that certainly has an implication for the income that was being generated by that property at the time. Absolutely. And that's those are factors that experts and appraisers will take into account. Our experience um, recently is that there's been a large increase in, in property taxes across the board, residential and commercial, as we've already talked about. Um, in our experience, as we have done uh, these tax appeals and to, to try to get uh, an adjudication that's favorable for the taxpayer, we have found that county assessors are uh, minimizing, potentially ignoring the impacts of COVID, which were significant. Uh, on our clients, right? You you mentioned forbearance of rent, and and you know you think about from an actual value perspective, and you're doing you look at it kind of from the market perspective. What would an arm's length transaction look like? What would a buyer and seller who are under no duress, you know, what would they buy and sell the property for? And so you know you're looking at rental rates, for example, or you know what would you sell this hotel for based on what the average daily rate was? Obviously. COVID had a massive impact uh, on that data. And it's important to take that into account when we're looking at increasing property taxes and these appeals are, are geared toward trying to obviously lower your tax liability and lower the actual value. And so there's a big disconnect there and, and COVID is uh, obviously continuing impact through the 2023 uh, valuation uh, year. And, and, and when you take these to appeal, that will be something that is obviously um, something that the appraisers are focused on. Yeah. I, I think the moral of the story here is if you looked at your assessed valuation for the the commercial property that, that you or your firm owns and you did a double take because it seemed high, 
I think it's very it's a worthwhile process to start to probe a little bit on whether there is a way for you to credibly contest your tax valuation and starting to think about what are the arguments that I would make in that process. And, you know, there are resources out there that include, you know, folks like Justin and appraisers that can help you understand whether there's a way to minimize your tax liability by contesting the valuation and that the process is something that you should be thinking about. It's not too late. You know, we just, the the assessments just went out or valuation, the notice of valuation just went out. Now's the time to be thinking about it. And there are resources that you can utilize to help you understand not just how to navigate that process, but what are the most compelling arguments for you to be making to your assessor in order to get a fair valuation of what the property is worth today. That, that's exactly right. And um, uh, appeal deadlines are, are generally jurisdictional, so you got to file the appeal in order to preserve it. If it gets to the point where, look, we've, we've looked at the data and um, at the end of the day, maybe we don't think we'll be successful on appeal or um, the, the juice just isn't worth the squeeze, you can always withdraw your appeal. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but to preserve your ability to move forward and you think that you may have an appeal, you know, let's uh, talk with us. Um, you know, we'll work with you to get uh, tax appeals filed, get that process moving. It's important to preserve it. We can have the discussions that you just mentioned about what are our best arguments. Tell us about this property. What are you building there? Is, is a portion of it vacant? Um, all those factors come into play uh, when you're when you're determining the actual value of the property. Which, uh, which determines your tax liability. Well, Justin, thank you so much for coming on today. I really appreciate it. I think this is an incredibly interesting process for all the property owners in the state, but something that has some real financial implications for our clients. So I know that they will really appreciate hearing from you and potentially reaching out in the future if they think that they can derive a little value from uh this process. Absolutely. You know, taxes are not the most fun topic, uh, you know, to, to talk about. Obviously, everyone deals with them. Uh, and that's why we're here to, to help our clients navigate uh, a pretty complex area of law. Great. Well, thanks again. Um, I promise that Blair will be back with me on our next podcast. So you won't just have to hear from me. But Justin, really appreciate it. And we'll, t- we'll talk soon. Thanks for having me. Thank you for listening to the Brownstein Hyatt Farber Shrek podcast series. If you like what you hear, please subscribe and rate us on Apple Podcasts or your favorite podcast app. Visit bhfs.com for more information.